0: Hey everybody, Jamie Kelly here. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Season 3 of The Approximate Podcast. Be sure to join our Patreon for only $5 a month to see all of Season 3's episodes in full HD video. That's patreon.com slash approximate podcast. If you're already a patron, thank you so much for your support. And to everyone who's tuned in, we love you all. And now, on with the show. (laughs) Kitty! Fucking stop it. God damn it cat yeah you boy <laughs> stink scrapple stop it all right cut we're done fucking cat god damn it hey 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 stephanie you know who we have today yeah i bet you do because That's uh <laughs> really. that weird guy <laughs> yeah. it didn't just appear yep. it is the industry's living legend fucking that
1: just means that i'm old <laughs> <laughs>
0: Jesus Christ. Now, isn't it Sir, sir Tom? I'll Moore? Moore? Yeah. lead off with the aids. oh my god, <laughs> Jesus would you Christ. guys let me introduce our guest, including you? Pipe down Tom, it is Sir Tom Moore. Oops, oh yeah, oh yeah,
1: <laughs> uh, using your special effects, very good. That's what practice is for,
0: <laughs> sir. How are you doing?
1: Pretty, pretty good, pretty good. Let me think about that one. I don't know, I'm sure. Um, yeah, it's just pretty good Both are you are you coming enough. are
0: you coming in hot off a day off or did you just get off work uh
1: today was a day off well see, there is no such thing as a day off
0: not really not in what we do oh no, hell no every I mean, day is a saturday which no, means was, no days a saturday <laughs> yeah i
1: try to have a real sunday that's about it <laughs> yeah. and it ain't because i'm religious <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah we're just constantly busy so but as I told you earlier, I actually was able to take a nap today. Uh, I think, oh, yeah, yeah, I love an afternoon nap. I'm so bored, productive into the evening. I'll keep working until 8 or 9. Yeah. It's totally worth it. Mm.
0: Oh, man. Uh, so for listeners who don't know, uh, this is a man who has spun so many plays. He's done so much in the industry. Currently, what are you best known for, just so the audience can get a flavor?
1: Uh, I, I,
0: I like to think
1: that I've always been known for doing a bit of everything and uh i think personally be my own sexuality i i enjoy that a a broad range i'm not doing the same thing every day also helps with the
0: longevity (laughs) right right being able
1: to absorb what we deal with uh often at least it's constantly different groups except for my crew which is amazingly supportive um so
0: i know from uh like where Stephanie and I stand, and like the circles that we run in as uh, trans performers, uh, we have somebody who I'm sorry, we have somebody who wants to uh, make an appearance on the podcast. Dapper needs to be what? part of the podcast. Yes,
1: I love Kitty. Come here, Kitty.
2: Dapper, come here.
0: He only hands the two brain cells. Yeah, he's
1: he's, he's kind of slow, below. but
2: he's but
0: he's adorable. But yeah, what I was gonna say is like uh, from people like it, it's Stephanie and I, in our circles, we know you uh like currently as a most sought after director to work with and a producer
1: wow you're really nice thank you (laughs) well seriously
0: i mean we go around especially like when we're talking to new girls um because they all have like a wish list of sites they want to be on and people they want to work with and maybe
1: that's what it's more about they want to be on trans angels uh, right (laughs) well
0: no well I was gonna say is like just in passing. I'll mention that I know you, right? And they go, "Oh, you know? Can can you? Can, can I? Can, can I get that number? Yeah, uh-huh, about your uh-huh. email, right?
2: Yeah,
1: fine. yeah. No,
0: your
2: legend precedes you. You're-
1: well, and I trust your judgment. You're not gonna
2: send me somebody.
1: It's going to waste my time or something.
2: I mean, you did get the lifetime achievement
0: like last year, didn't you? That's the symbol to go away. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: you're too old. Go away. Stop doing this. I'm dreading that award because I know like within the next five years, you're going to chuck one of those motherfuckers at my head.
1: Right, right. Here, see? There you go. We're done with you. No, actually, I'm doing quite well in the industry. I've always had a, a broad range of different things and genres that I shoot. Uh, but I am lucky enough to shoot one of the best trans sites, and a lot of that has to do with, you know, some amazing co- corporate <laughs> support as well. Yeah. Uh, you always have to acknowledge them and the crew, and, and I'm not the only director or producer, too, so there are other other people out there that are also doing a great job at the site.
0: Uh, but Tom, Tom, you're our favorite
1: well thanks
0: (laughs) well i remember uh, i think the last time we shot because we've shot a a handful for angels right and i mean my takeaway because i mean i've known of you for years and i mean i've been in this game not as long as you have but a pretty like it's coming up 17 years come august and i remember the first time i met you and this is going somewhere the first time i met you was i think 2011-ish in LA somewhere on a set and you were kind of passing through and I'd recognized you from porn I had seen from back in the day well that's
1: yeah right about the period where I stopped performing too. right right so I was yeah who knows what I was doing <laughs> and it was
0: a it was a bunch of years later about three three years ago when Steph and I first moved to Vegas and I uh, got a gig for Angels it was you directing and your crew and I remember that first uh, go around we were over at a bang bang the studio Oh
1: right well that was yeah a pandemic shoot
0: right right but i i remember like uh meeting you in the makeup room and i didn't know who like was really direct i didn't know exactly what was going on and i saw you walk in i was like oh shit it's tom it's fucking tom and uh i remember the just being impressed like to be able to work with a crew that actually knew what they were doing, that knew the gear, like, that had their shit in order. And uh, the few times we've worked since then have always just been an amazing pleasure, and I always felt like I was in such good hands. It's always a treat to work on a set that you're in charge of.
1: Wow, that's a big old fluff. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's It's always, it's not just me, but it's, my crew is a, awesome. really excellent. Uh we're, we're picky about the people that we want to be around all the time. So we try to find people that know how to do their jobs, know how to contribute, right. and come to work with a good attitude. And that's really important. We deal with, as you know, some of the craziest shit on the planet. <laughs> the only person I ever knew that could tell a worse, dirtier story than me was a 911 supervisor, and she had me beat. But, you know, it was, otherwise I could pull out something dirty and just shock most of the room. Oh, yeah. Um, and well, you're just like, and that was Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now nah, you're
0: full of war stories.
1: <laughs> Purple heart, But they're fun, you know, you, no matter how bad they are. Uh, at some point later, you're going to laugh about it. Oh, yeah. And you're going to, oh, my God, can you remember that one person? And no, we won't say their name.
2: <laughs> there's always that one person shall not be named
1: <laughs> shall not be named you, I, I did that earlier I was like well i'm going to tell you this crazy story but i won't say who it was it's uh, more fun
0: yeah uh, sets are very much like uh plane crashes if you, anyone that you walk away from
1: <laughs> i gotta say you know what last week i had three pretty big shoots in a row yeah and they all went off-like clockwork. Oh, isn't that nice? It was so unusual. Three in a row? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. By fr- Thursday was the last one, and everybody on the crew is looking at each other go. how did that happen? It was, what did we do different? We got to remember this. How How to recreate this? Because <laughs> this was way too easy for these long, scripted, <clears throat> ad moment scenes. Oh, yeah. Uh, 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 ever.
0: Um- on a, a trans angel set, I mean, it can get pretty damn elaborate.
1: It's an all-day adventure.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, so I wanted to uh, ask you about your early work, because you, you go huh. way back. When did you start? 94. 94. Jeez. But I
1: uh, was a part-timer at first. I uh, was putting myself through nursing school after just got out of the Marine Corps, and... Uh, working at a beer company that was a pretty good job actually but i was working doing full-time on one and full-time on the other was burning me out so i uh was already doing bdsm stage scenes ah. for my friend for fun right and somebody recruited me from there that was a horrible agent which oh. uh, i quickly moved beyond but it was good i could go up and i could do two days working on the weekends in la and make more than i did working all week at a beer company Huh. and paid for school in a whole lot more interesting way
0: yeah yeah wow uh so when did uh when did the transition into production work begin were you mainly a performer like for a, like a good group I, of years or
1: for yeah for quite a few years up until about 2000
0: oh wow okay. uh i
1: mostly just performed uh but again i i started really full-time performing like 96 and then, uh, let's see, by about 2000, I got offered to do my first, uh, male, male BDSM series, uh, wow. shooting in LA. That, uh, I'm still <laughs> friends with a lot of the people that are on or that were either in that or, uh, helped me to produce it, uh, which was, you know, everybody has to start somewhere. But back then I was hiring camera and mm. basically just doing the directorial and logistical aspects
0: yeah gotcha so i want to segue into something because i got a, a special little show and tell treat for you oh
1: god okay now He's in the closet Oh, well, <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna
0: pull out some things here and i'm gonna set them in front of you and i gotta kind of talk my way through this for the audio portion of this
1: i never shot him
0: for grooming all right uh, you don't think so huh
1: really let me see. oh god damn it you made me pull out my glasses oh yeah
0: check those out all right Do those bring back any memories
1: some he must have bought them or something because it was always a thing. It's you, Jessica. Oh, I wrote this. What are you talking about? That's my handwriting.
0: <laughs> and, you, <laughs> and that all comes from uh that that was all sent to me from Groovy. These are for the listening okay, audience. That was about that, to say for the listening no, audience. Is, I pu- I just pulled out a bunch this of this is
1: my fucking handwriting.
0: <laughs> I just pulled out a bunch maybe of maybe
1: old, but it's still the same.
0: <laughs> a bunch of mini DV tapes that were sent to me from a. a big production company groovy productions uh listeners of the show now right um and i'm in charge of an archive project where i take all the old tapes from years and years back and i digitally archive them um but it just so happens this latest batch of tapes that groovy sent me were chock full of your tapes and it blew my mind i was like we were about to have tom on in a few days and here's all here's all these old tapes (laughs) they've been sitting in a a box for 17 years (laughs) Britney, hold, hold on. Those bring back some memory?
1: Bad lad, little Billy, who I told you I was talking to. Last.
0: Oh, really? Okay, yeah, before the he show, was, we were talking was, uh, about a, a crazy performer.
1: An oh. incredible performer, could fuck anything, anywhere, anytime, and really was passionate about it. I mean, he was a little nut job, but he really loved to fuck. And um, I just talked to him last night. It was so funny. But, yeah, I think this, is all, this was all shot in Argentina.
0: Wow. Wow, that's the top of my
1: head from 2006. That's not bad. Time capsule. I want to see it now. Wait a minute. (laughs) God, well, you know how it is when you're when you're a shooter. I mean, everybody gets better with time. I even I look at other I look at other photographers and try to pick apart what they do, how to simulate looks that they do, things like that. And you go back and you look at things that you shot years ago,
2: and it's a little embarrassing. (laughs) You see your growth. You see your growth as a you know. As a producer. Oh,
1: no, certainly. Yeah. But you're like, oh, God, I turned that in. I would gonna <laughs> reshot that now. <laughs> Somebody pay me for this?
2: <laughs>
0: they thought it was, I tell you what, they thought it was uh, good enough to like archive and, and keep and, and return to. So. I
1: wonder how they, now i got to figure out how they got that. It was interesting. It was a different company.
0: Oh, wow. Okay, so maybe it was a, maybe they purchased it. Uh,
1: no, that's what I assume. They probably yeah. bought bought the catalog for. Yeah, that's probably exactly Because I know happened. who it belonged to and... Yeah, they I know they sold out at one point.
2: So. That makes sense because when we were doing the Groovy Gold thing, which is like more of like a um taking all the old footage and re-editing it for like a, a VOD or whatever. Um uh we had a bunch of a uh, Brazilian, Argentina, uh South America, Asian stuff like that um on there, so, I'd imagine, yeah. I I have to say, you know,
1: uh shooting in South America really was Amazing fun, interesting. I did it for about seven years of my career, fairly long time, and I enjoyed it so much. Uh, the culture there, I mostly went to Argentina. It was a significantly safer place. Um, and just but working with the girls there as well, they you it was, it was very much a different feel for the community. Uh, there there was no big deal for a girl to be walking around the streets nothing and this is years ago right uh you know the clubs the boys the girls and the trans women all danced together there wasn't there wasn't really gay bar there was a couple of gay bars there there i don't think there even really was a trans bar cuz you didn't have to everybody just danced and partied together much like it was europe so it really was a like most of the girls i knew had really supportive families. Uh, so it was a, a very different environment to shoot. Oh. And uh, a lot of the girls were really lovely, lovely people. And uh, I love shooting. I would love to go back and do more work there.
2: A lot of the forerunning content of, of trans porn actually came from Brazil and Argentina and places right. like that.
0: Yeah, I remember back in, uh, I told Stephanie this story a couple of days ago. I remember being uh, like 2021, 20, it was around 2000 or so, and I, was, I didn't realize I was like six years away from actually getting into porn and my first shoot would be with Groovy, but I remember being a fan of the stuff early online. And I remember so much of it was marked with like the Groovy moniker, I, and it, so much of it was Brazilian. I thought Groovy was some kind of weird Brazilian word and that it was a, like a South American con, uh, company.
1: Right. Uh, well, and I, it was actually quite a while before I actually met Steven myself. But uh, some of the names of companies in the old days were really bad, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, now Mind Geek, you think that might be a little goofy, but it's, you know, that's really tame compared
0: to. Really tame,
1: What yeah. some people used to file as LLCs in the state of California. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a, Mind Geek's a, we'd call it like a, a white label. But if you knew what they were actually making, you know.
1: I do, actually. Well, I'm, I mean, no, we division. do, of course. Our listening of course. Audience, so. <laughs> But once
0: you realize what, if you say MindGeek, that sounds like it's a, yeah. like a tech corporation That yeah, sounds something. like some kind of
1: video well, game. You know, the large, the, the largely yeah. they're a marketing firm and, yeah. and the, mm. how they manage numbers and, you know, manage the internet traffic. So, I mean, that is the majority of it. Mm. We're, we're a smaller part of the, the division.
0: Oh yeah, hmm. for sure. Shit, I was going to say something, I forgot. You That's were, right. but I'll just
1: say I'm going to continue to comment on the rocker classes. Oh uh, well, you know, it really <laughs> works for the theme. I'm just saying.
0: Not a whole. You want to be of- that night
1: that night jock? You know, like
0: <sighs> not a whole lot of people know how like actually cool I am. <laughs> well, you can
1: you can help by dressing it up. Come on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it turns out I'm a pretty kick ass. <laughs>
1: you got to stay with a straight face or it doesn't
2: work. I'm telling you.
0: Uh, queen of the sevens, I tell you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, one thing I want to ask you, though, is um, as a producer nowadays, like, what does one of your typical uh, days look like?
1: It uh, really depends on the company I'm shooting for. They all have different uh, things, much like uh, Trans Angels, because it's going to be uh, anywhere between an 8- and 15-hour day, depending on the script. Um, and the... You know, other things, maybe for cuckold sessions or glory holes or things like, like that, those are going to be much shorter days, more like four, five, six hours maybe. Um, so it really depends on the clients. Um, but much like we discussed, there is no such thing as a day off. Yeah, right, you know, absolutely. Uh, one of the things I missed most was you mentioned about something personal. was I used to go to an event called Kink in the Caribbean. mm uh, every year for almost 14 years. And it was one of those places you could go where your phone didn't work. Mm. And it became going, became deliberate, just so you could have one week where that damn thing did not go wrong. Mm.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It was, uh, But
1: almost all of the guests that would go to it, that was one of the things that they found was, hey, guys, my phone's not going to work. You really can't reach me. <laughs> But that's a—it's a quieting feeling, calming feeling. That's real vacation.
0: A lot of folks that I'm friends with that tune into the podcast, we're super nerdy, tech-oriented types. So I got—I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you what kind of gear you're using right now. What's some of your favorite toys? (sighs) Okay,
1: I have a real problem with buying equipment. I way too much. My crew rags on me a lot. A little bit of gas. Captain Overkill is common, <laughs> uh, frequently behind me. Let's start with cameras. Let's see. Where, yeah. Uh use the Sony A1 for photos, almost exclusively. Fucking love that thing. Um, and then the A7S3s, I've got a, three of those for uh, shooting video for different companies. So one of them I keep locked on a certain frame rate because I shoot mostly for them um
0: so well i was i was going to ask because uh, stephanie's production company we have a very short client list and they're not no nobody's picky about the kind of gear that we use and we use top of the line gear but we can from set to set we just take our flavor and we bring it to the set okay do some of the companies that you work for insist that you use a specific kind of camera for their productions you got to like keep track well, of stuff it, like that.
1: Specifically, Mindy does have a list of acceptable cameras. Yes, they 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 want you shooting on something that's professional that can shoot in log that does right. A minimum of 60 frames a second. Uh some basics, you know, we're shooting at a 240 f- frame rate for most things right now.
0: For the slow-mo stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, no, for the slow-mo stuff, we're uh where you got to use the... uh Compact flash cards, so that you can do um, what we're doing at 600 frames a second. Oh, 600. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 600 megabits a second. Um, so it's those are really fast. Mm-hmm. We usually, oh God, it was funny though. I'll be honest with you, we were we made a mistake and we were like, ah, ah, you know that panic moment, like, oh God, I think we screwed up. We forgot to switch the chips. We normally keep there's two bays. Oh yeah. And you put the we we have really high speed SD cards. But then we forgot to swap to the, the compact flash. It recorded it just fine anyway.
0: Oh, you lucked I out. I couldn't
1: believe it. I don't know. There must have been the buffer is that <laughs> thick, Right. That it actually just happened to. Wow. We were like, oh, my God, wait a minute. I made mean, everybody stop. We checked the shot. They're not supposed to work that well.
2: <laughs> Equipment saved your ass
1: on that one. Yeah, I know. It was very... <laughs> I've not made the same mistake twice.
0: <laughs> See, now they're all biting their tongue. You know what you're doing. You buy a bunch of stuff on purpose. Yeah, but you're you know a, what? Those, those one particular cards
1: are 400 bucks a pop. Ooh,
0: wow, really? Wow. Yeah,
1: just for the... Uh, it's not even that big. It's uh, You couldn't shoot a real scene on it. Uh, those are the the Sony proprietary oh. compact flash cards. Oh. really suck in price. <laughs> so we have one for each camera, but that's about it.
0: What are, you, uh, what are you guys using for sound?
1: Uh, Sony, Boom, XLR to, an, I think, an 8-channel external recorder oh. that he's uh, generally mixing on the fly. Okay. Uh, so I, I use a couple of different guys. And we've done, you know, this is one of the things that's really important in our industry is, is cross-trained many different people in the crew so that if someone has to jump in and, and do audio, well, it can't be me, so right. it's got to be one of the others that can. And you can't uh, all crews where you do find and you build a crew that you really like, that you will have to swap people in and out at times. Things happen in the world and production must move on. Of course, yeah. So it's great to cross-train and keep everybody. Uh, I'm pretty much the only one that can do everybody's job, but it's every, everybody should be able to do at least one other person's job too.
0: Yeah, uh, that's... It, with Stephanie, because Stephanie's my crew. Stephanie's my PA, but she has to know essentially everything I know. So there's a lot of, like, on-the-job cross-training, a lot of sitting down late at night, going over buttons and schematics. And and even th- figuring things out, like, appropriate amount of, like, Z-space for certain shots and what a 35 millimeter does. Because, like, I had to teach her all the stuff that right. I knew. I think most importantly, I taught her the importance and the majesty of gap tape. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, we've got the giant ring with like every color of oh, yep. the rainbow. Yep. Absolutely. I
0: ripped off yeah. your system. Cause, uh, you had, uh,
1: I ripped it off from somebody else and they yep. did too.
0: <laughs> so I remember, uh, walking on one of, uh, uh, the trans erotic sets one day and you had just d- got done like the previous day. You'd left some of your gear there and off, hanging off of a C stand. I saw this, like, uh, I don't know. It was like a lanyard or something that just was just full of different tapes and different kinds of colors of painting tape and all oh, just yeah marker oh. tape and all that. And I was like that yeah cuz we just been rooting around in a bag. I was like no no, fuck that. We're going to put it on a string and hang it on Anything. a thing and there's always there.
1: <laughs> always a session. Yeah, I've got the little quick release belt now yeah, that yeah, you cuz yeah. you're always adding something new or whatever. Mm-hmm. But
0: it's it's dumb little things like that that well, save we, time. We use it more than ever now just yeah.
1: because of the Everyone you have to label out everything every you know mark every little tiny uh what am I trying to think of the correct word for it um label yep. that you have to block every damn thing yep we go through more tape now than we ever have, and Hollywood's always been like
0: that, but oh yeah, what is that so I remember seeing a piece of equipment now there's the C stands that we have there's also you were I'm sure it was your gear, but there was this incredibly huge panel light that looked like it must have weighed a thousand pounds that was on the hugest stand i've ever seen and i was trying to find like where to pick up one of those to hold such weight and i it has the big long triangle tripod legs
1: okay that's just like a junior stand is a
0: junior stand is that what that is
1: yeah well i mean you can get many different kinds of junior stands mm. i mean they make some with the where the lights are so heavy where they've got a, a crank system to to raise them up.
0: Right, right.
1: Uh, those are really expensive. I don't have any of those.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> well, maybe because uh, maybe it was maybe it was uh, some of Brazzer stuff. I don't know, but I it was no, so totally impressed.
1: Money. Well, you know, but I again, I I love to shop. Who doesn't? Retail therapy is wonderful, <laughs> yeah. um, and I have a real thing for buying uh, used commercial grade lighting. Hmm. So uh, it's much more durable. I mean, we were sharing how we both love Nanolights actually, and that's mm-hmm. a newer brand. They make a, a pretty good quality product.
0: They do, they do.
1: But I also love to go on uh, certain websites I know for people in LA, or there's actually a really good one that's based here in Vegas, where they'll have commercial grade lights for ridiculously good prices.
0: Is it like just like old rental gear that they want to retire? Or?
1: Sometimes, yes. Like I got a Leco there, but they still had freshly painted it. And sold it for a cheaper than where I could have gotten it anywhere else. And I got some 20-bank LEDs. And they're, they came in their own rolling
0: cases. Oh, my God. And
1: I got them for $1,000
0: each. Wow. Which normally it's they'd a, be. A, no,
1: they were like $13,000. Right. Wow. Son yeah. of a
0: bitch. And originally. It's a hell of
1: a deal. And they didn't even have a mark on them, but I took them out of the case. There wasn't even like on the on the mounting pintle when you drop it in, and yeah, they're heavy. But. I can actually, I've gotten so many of those now that it's really great for like when we're doing summer shoots now and the company's finally listening to me and we do ah. it in May, you know? Yeah. <laughs> not in Not in August. Right. <laughs> when it's 100 and God knows what here. Yeah. Uh, but I've got enough power now where I can do a continuous light setup and go almost one-to-one with the sun. So you're using center light as backlight, which normally you could only do with strobes and a whole lot of commercial gear, which now I finally have. Uh, And it was really a goal to be able to achieve that. Right. And get that nice, clean exposure. Yeah. When shooting outside into the sun. When a
0: reflection panel Mm. just won't do. (laughs) Right, no.
1: Well, yeah, like I have worked with uh, Falcon and used, they have a really huge selection of the full 4x4 manual panels. And you can light people up with that, but I swear they got a hell of a sunburn at the end of it. I imagine so. (laughs) All the little nits and grits are gritty. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, I love, I I really get, I I nerd out on the lighting. Yeah. Um, And then other days I'll pull out two lights and do something that looks a little more fun. Yeah. You know, so sometimes remembering how to use your lighting and just work with two and and be happy and that can look really great uh some of the some of the best looks you achieve are one two three lights other times when i'm shooting for say a larger company yeah we we pull out the whole thing yeah but that's why i have that giant van yeah i love that thing it's so amazing
0: yeah especially like i've I've been on uh sets where um i knew the clients were going to come visit while i was going to shoot and i i knew i i only need my camera I needed a tripod. I needed this light and a little fill. But I set up everything because it really impresses them. Oh,
1: eye. yeah. It they love it, the way that looks. Yeah, they do.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, if you, can, if you can trick out your camera with a big fucking box and just hang a bunch of shit off of it.
1: Oh, I got some really big lenses. Yeah, that's definitely the day to put those on there. It's just walk around. <laughs> <man>.
0: hmm. <laughs> Sometimes you can just actually get the shot with a cell phone but you that <laughs> oh, away oh those and damn <laughs> things are gonna put us all out of business this is something i i mean i don't really need them right now but like a monitor bay setup i look forward to the day where i could actually utilize a monitor bay because right now just like the little ninja I,
1: I, got, fine I, now. I tried to set one up and it was moderately successful but how i did it was with an hdmi relay and what it was i, I was going through several new second camera people and I was not happy with most of their work of all the different ones I was using. And so what I had set up was I was using a um, regular HDTV, but we used uh, an HDMI relay to bounce their camera image into the TV. Mm. But I bought one that wasn't... There's a huge gap between... I got a, one from China that you can barely see the image, right? or you can spend... You know, three thousand dollars and get the one that's crisp and works amazing. Right, right. I didn't want to spend quite that much just for that. Yeah,
0: no. no.
2: Uh, it's kind of segues into what we were like from what we were talking about. But um, do you have like a favorite scene that you've produced, or like a like something that really you were proud of?
1: You have to understand the number of things that I've shot over the years. So there have been some really again i would say we're talking about argentina some locations that i got to shoot there that even if the models weren't perfect they which no one's perfect but of course the the loca- i mean getting to i got to shoot with the national congress all lit up in the background oh wow on a you know on a big balcony uh, uh different things like that that were you could never pull off anywhere else yeah. things like that that were really fun but i would say for something recent uh we did the the bad girls thing for trans angels it ended up uh actually winning several awards and it was funny it came to me as a a rough script and it entailed a bunch of things that we couldn't legally do for trans angels so we ended up uh just kind of doing it ourselves and with the help of our our friend um who works second camera for us now, Ari. Yeah. He's an amazing drone flyer. Yeah, yeah. And did some some really incredible drone work with that. Uh, but we had a lot of fun with it. We we took a script that was kind of one of those things that, and I, and I give the company, gave me the rare chance. They're generally pretty controlling, I'll be honest with you. But this one time I was like, okay, here's what I'd like to do is turn this into a two-day shoot, and we're really going to, do this, 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 and this, and make it more of a feature. And they, they were like, okay, go for it. Fucking A. And and it worked. It won a bunch of awards. And and it was because, and we also got to work with a really great cast that time. It was, everybody kept saying, I think one of them actually mentioned it at the award show. She said, if we work really hard, we might win something. <laughs> I, I kept bribing them with that all <laughs> for <laughs> two and a half days. It was because of course we ran over a little bit, but it was worth it. And it is nice when you do something and it goes, okay, that actually looks pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, We took the time to stop and get the the tire squealing as they drove away from mm. stealing the bank. You know, Uh,
0: I was going to say, I was on set with Ari a couple weeks ago. Um, Ari's a sweetheart, good friend of mine. Everybody loves Ari. Uh, and he is a huge nerd with the drones. And he was telling me, was is. This I don't know if this is the same scene that you're talking about, but there was a lot of um, uh, car driving involved, and he had to be a stunt driver as well as a, a drone operator and all the other stuff that he does. Different scene. Oh, it's a different scene? But yeah.
1: he, he did good drone work on both things. Yeah. Um. Well, actually, we took turns doing the driving in the car. We actually got to rent a 50-year anniversary special race car. And it was pretty fun. It <laughs> <laughs> sounds like it. <laughs> <laughs> that was a scene for Trans Angels again.
0: Yeah. yeah. So
1: but that is the nice thing. And it is really fun going from for years off and shooting and just the trans market now is getting the same size budgets as uh, in the straight side of the gay side community. And we're able to actually do something that's worth watching and has some creativity and a storyline and, you know, there's even sometimes some of special effects, <laughs> but it's nice to have a budget to work with and actually feel like you're doing good work.
2: Now, do you think it's, uh, that we're finally getting the budget or that we've had the budget and now they're finally investing it because they're like, well, we don't want to shoot the same stuff we've been shooting. Let's up ante.
1: Uh, there was a period when I was performing where there wasn't the internet. <laughs> and uh, oh yeah right So shit. there was the whole pre-internet thing so uh, i think the period that you're talking about is a much shorter period oh of course than yeah. i've experienced oh no of course and so you go from i i think there but there was an interesting point oh, god when was it kind of was about when that tape was came out like 2006 right everyone was so surprised the stats got released but trans it was the first Time that it really blew up hmm. as a market, and it uh, it was it actually outsold uh, several other genres at the time, and i don 't remember exactly, but they made a huge amount of money with it that year and then people you know there were certain companies like double's film right completely different owner that 's when I first started shooting for him, Mike, and he was really supportive. he was like, Do what you want to do, be creative, I hired you because you 're creative and you know, we actually did a lot of things that were fun, and yeah. you know, I, I love that sh- that set when everybody's laughing when you're done. Yes. you Absolutely. know, yeah. it's like ah, oh, that was so much fun. Yeah, and it nice. doesn't always happen, but when it does, it's uh, great. when
0: it does, it it makes it like it just makes it feel. So we're not digging digital I, I, I <laughs> right.
2: asked that, ask that question mostly because like I've seen interviews with like multiple like porn owners. like like uh evil angel always says like goes on record talking about how they make the most money out of trans their, their trans content and they pretty much just finance everything else with that I know how their producer deals work but it's a little different from other companies mm-hmm. um
1: so I'm not sure I could comment you know the obviously my geeks making a a killing on this um and, and most of the other companies are and they realize that now so yes they are investing in the product as they've seen a greater return they've invested in it farther yeah. for them it's all it's business, business. Of yeah. and i'm not going to hold that against them No, of course yeah. It's, i understand i mean yeah. it's you know i've shot a lot of bdsm too and you always dealt with smaller budgets for that and so you just it, you deal with what product you're selling or What budget you're dealing with, too. Yeah. It was also interesting, too, is because when I first started shooting, it was during the period where, you know, they didn't let performers do that. It was a much smaller industry, significantly Mm -hmm. smaller. Oh, yeah. And so that just really wasn't happening. I had to work my way up through somebody's crew, a couple people's crews, and just to, to get a chance. And, you know, for my first day, I was hanging out with the crew, not with the other performers generally it's a lot easier to break in now than it was then. That's for sure.
2: I'd imagine.
0: Yeah. yeah well, we were talking about that. I mean, it, this is a theme that has come up several times over the course of season three, where we talked to girls and we mentioned that the bar for entry is so much lower and there's, Absolutely. yeah, there's an influx of, you know,
1: but there's always been a market. And I think that's one of the things that, uh, Groovy has been outstanding at is, uh, helping those girls get started. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say he's, he's has always been there. He's always been the one that, you know, fosters young careers.
0: Yeah. Well, and we know uh, the huge part of like Grooby's business model is volume, 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 volume. It's always been volume. Uh, sure. So, so it's been their purview to give as many people a chance. Um, But it, well, yeah, if you have
2: shooters in different look all around, you know. But setups. again, he's, he did, he was doing that before anybody else. Oh,
1: absolutely, right. yeah. Right. So that was always very smart, you mm-hmm. know. He was getting, and I, well, because that's why I was going to Argentina so much. South America, we would have girls cause come to meet me from Peru while we were shooting there. Same thing, like you were discussing, or Kelly was talking about your first shoot driving almost across the country. Right. <laughs> um, and it was the same thing there all of a sudden, because I was going there for so long, almost seven years in Argentina people I was there every six weeks to two months. So you developed, we had our little crew there. We had our people, our regular folks and those people that you relied on. And, but you're always trying to find that new face. The industry is based on that new New faces. Yeah. It always has been. Mm -hmm.
0: I'm curious about this. This just occurred to me, you've been in this business for so long and you've pretty much spun every plate there is to spin. I imagine. Right. Is is Our there? plates a euphemism? <laughs> always are on this show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> but what I was going to ask is, I mean, you have a pretty good gig right now, or a good handful of all kinds of gigs. Is there anything that is there anything left for a person in your position to aspire to, or is there anything that you want to grow into, or maybe create yourself? Anything coming up next for you?
1: Uh, there is possibly something coming up next. We'll see. Uh,
2: okay,
0: Radio Zoo question. <laughs>
2: Jeez, you said the same thing. I just paraphrased it. I just made it. So simpler. what? What is
0: what is coming up next for Tom?
2: <laughs>
1: okay, it's two questions. You gotta got to pick that. one. Hold on. No, first, yeah, no. I really, I am at a good place in my career. I have always, as a producer, tried to never put all my eggs in one basket. And again, it's. I enjoyed and always have enjoyed where I'm shooting a a gay fisting scene this week. I'm shooting trans this week. And I'm shooting interracial gangbang and then some glory hole stuff. And the constant change and variety keeps it fresh and interesting. Especially when you gotta come up with some twisted new sexy idea every goddamn day. Uh as for what's coming in the future I I uh, a company I've um gone back and forth with over the years is uh now one of my proteges is actually working there and uh so I may start working with them as well. Hmm. Um, it's interesting my sister's uh, high up there in in the tech world and it's interesting we end up talking about the same things when it comes to business really it's all about good delegating uh you know communicating with your with your staff or with your crew and that's what makes a good leader anytime you try to put together a team um you must first learn how to do it yourself yep to successfully keep a good group of geth- people together
0: yeah this idea of delegation is some that hits very close to home uh it took me a long time as a single, just do everything yourself, performer, producer, you gotta make all your own stuff from like whole cloth, right? Those first I'd say maybe ten years before I start to really appreciate what it is to let go. You don't have to do everything, the importance of delegating, to get your friends involved, to maybe spend some money on another professional and uh kind of let go of the reins a little bit and maybe paint with a broader brush. You know, yeah,
1: you showed me a sample earlier of uh, somebody else's, and that was something that she talked about was that she was stretched so thin right and would, my sister's uh always been, she's four years older, like I said she's really high up there in the tech world, so can' get to the point where I can't say and she's uh but she's always been kind of a business mentor to a degree when we get together that's what we talk about is how to how to manage and you know, my crew is like six people. Yeah, she's got thirty. I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'll <laughs> listen to you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, But uh, it, the it all works out the same. It's all how you communicate and keep a quality environment, especially on set. I've always said that some of my favorite producers to shoot for. Remember shooting for Joey Sbarra? Yeah. Oh
0: yeah. Yeah. That was
1: always fun. You know, he made the set fun. He he'd tell you to go. Okay, go over there and start fucking. And when I see it, it's really hot, then I'll come over with the camera. You're like, okay. <laughs> but it took all the stress and the yeah. the worry away, and you're like, oh, okay. And we always worked with a lot of the same people. Yep. So it was, his sets were fun, and I've always tried to emulate that. The, uh, the best producers, not to say this is always the case, but
0: if they haven't been performer, meh. They don't really understand. They don't really understand. That's Yeah, it's a huge... Uh, going back to the one of the first things you said uh, in this fork of the conversation was teaching yourself or learning how to do a little bit of everything. Right. Um, Stephanie and I talked about this the other day. It's imperative that we sit down every once in a while and we watch some tutorials and we figure out some new stuff about our gear or techniques because the more we know... Now, we're not going to... Per- You can't be a master. You can't serve that many masters. But the more that you have some sort of grip on it, when it does come time to delegate, when you do have a budget to hire folks and whatever, you can at least like
2: set your standard. You can can set a standard. You know, you
0: know what ought to be done, and then you can like judge people's work quality. And if you just know a little bit, you'd be off. be surprised how often you find how pleasurable it is to like get somebody that actually knows the thing that you've just kind of, kind of got a passing familiarity with right, and you get right. so much more surprised by the results, but it's good to know, you know, the fundamentals of what they're doing.
1: For me, it's just as important that there are people that can also work well with others mm-hmm. As you find too many people who are temperamental, bring their problems to work. Overly dwell on their own issues and leave it at home. Yep. This is a workplace. I, I know it's porn, but you still have to show up and have a professional attitude.
0: Yeah, we run into a lot of that too. uh In that little thing that I showed you a few episodes ago, I said uh, porn is essentially the lowest rung on the entertainment ladder, and it gives. But there are it, many different rungs of sure, that porn
1: ladder. Sure, mm-hmm.
0: but. W- but I say that to say this that people that approach it, um, they don't take it, they don't treat it with the kind of seriousness it requires because any job worth doing is worth being a professional about.
1: Most people get into this because they think it's an easy buck. Yep. They and then what you figure out, the only ones who really make it, the ones who make it are the ones who've had jobs in the real world. Yeah. You know, that have had to work some else, get a degree done something else they generally do great otherwise so many of them just come and go and and that's okay the industry kind of feeds on that but i love having that several of the people that i work with uh, you know 20 i've known them 20 at least a decade and that makes for a great
0: relationship Uh, what i love about having a really good crew on set is it really does help the performers
1: takes everything There's, out of. oh it. yeah no when they see a happy environment mm-hmm. there was because i've worked on crews other places where it wasn't a positive environment people directors mm-hmm. yelled and mm-hmm. it was you know did not make people feel comfortable especially when you have to have an
2: erection day. yeah oh yeah <laughs> i expect people to fuck under you know stress like that right but right. if they
1: walk in and they see that everybody's having a good time mm-hmm. everyone's still focused and getting their job done Making sure you're, hey, do you have everything that you need? Great. Yeah. And what do you need for lunch? And da da da
0: da, da. The chaos is organized and not actual chaos.
1: <laughs> right. Well, I mean, that's... I've instituted in the last year. When we walk in, I just... I, everyone stops before we... When we show up to a location, and we do a... I just call it a walk-through. And, and we walk through everywhere. Here's where this is going to go. This is what we're shooting. We've got these three rooms. We're going to light all three. And... You know, so that everybody knows the whole plan.
0: Yep, organization is key. And it's really
1: really helped me. And it was something my sister suggested.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now, I'm looking at the clock here. It's going by so fast. And so I think we're going to wrap it up the way we usually do because this kills that little bit of time. Let's just kind of put a bow, at least on this episode. Three pieces of advice that you'd give to somebody coming into the industry. Now it could be a producer you're talking to. I I know (laughs) it could be, uh, for, uh, talking to a performer, but something that like you would find the most like pertinent piece of advice to give up and comers.
1: Consistency is number one. You think this is an easy job, but it's not, you got to stay in shape. You got to be ready to go. You know, if you're the male performer and you got to have your dick hard every day, you know, you you need to be in shape. You need to be ready to go. I used to warm up with yoga every day on set. Consistency—that's number one. Treat it like a business. It's it is. And uh, the more you do so, the others, the more others will respect you and give you that opportunity. If you come at it, uh, we were just talking earlier about you know getting text messages from people in the business, and it's a it's gobbledygook. I'm sorry. I'm expecting you to text me with some response. If we're super good friends, sure, we're going to talk shit to each other. Communication is key. But communication is key, and it needs to be clear. Yeah. It's a professional communication.
0: Yeah. People skills.
1: Uh, That drives me nuts. And it's, okay, yes, I do come from a different generation where people actually wrote letters, but... It makes a difference in how people respect one another, and it is more normal within the general business world,
0: yeah, well, it's respecting other people's time because a scene, just a simple scene, involves at you know more people than a performer may ever see behind the scenes, and the way that they communicate affects everybody's time all the way down the production line,
1: right, absolutely. do you get those days with a model that she knows she's on a high-end set and sometimes a little bit of a prima donna. Oh. And everyones I always say when the crew is laughing, joking, and making fun of each other and having a great time, it's a good day. When everyone's quiet,
0: we're just getting through it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that brings us to three. People,
1: especially young people, will always make mistakes. I made mistakes. Everyone will make mistakes. Even when you get older, you're gonna make a mistake. But how you handle it tells the people around you
0: who you are. A lot about your character. A lot about your character.
1: If you just say, "Oh, God damn it, yes, that was me," and move on, everyone else will too. If you uh, show up late for work with a coffee cup with a Starbucks in your hand, and you're about 15 minutes late, I know where you stopped. Fuck you, I was here 15 minutes before call time.
0: Right, right. (laughs)